0: Let's let Carlos dominate proceedings.
1: Awesome. 20 yards. Away. That is a jewel from Chile. J.K. has
2: On half time, the world game with Carlos Alberto Diego from 4diegos.com. For auction your car, car auction this Saturday.
0: He always satisfies us, to the great man Carlos Alberto Diego. Hello, mate.
2: How are you, half? Uh, good world. to be here.
0: Oh, well, I can imagine it would be. You're bouncing. You almost came in with yep. a spring in your pants. You know,
2: <laughs> a spring in my pants. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: you almost came in with one. Yeah. My-
2: as as are the Bentley Green Boys who I uh, know. And by the way, I used to be a pub league player of of great repute. Uh, well,
0: the, the, the great, the great <laughs> yes. groin.
2: And if I, but I never. Had, obviously, there was no FFA Cup. In those, I had the Jimmy Armstrong Cup, and there was the uh, Ampole Cup and other Who cups was like Jimmy that.
0: Armstrong, Jimmy Armstrong? Who was
2: Jimmy Armstrong? Daniel Hartford, Mike. You are, you are a great man, the way you've learnt the football over the years. But Jimmy Armstrong, you need... My well, history I, of the game. I like need to sit like you it. down. Jimmy Armstrong, a great, great uh, centre forward for South Melbourne, and he played for Juventus in the State Leagues uh, many years ago, uh, before the NSL yeah. happened. He's one so of those great what sort of years we talking for. Jim? Uh, okay, uh, I was a young kid, probably in the seventies, late sixties, seventies right, in, right. in so Melbourne. Cool time. Scored goals for fun for South Melbourne and uh, Brunswick Juventus at the, uh, in those days, and uh, and uh, went on to be a really uh, great contributor to the game. And uh, there was a one of the knockout cups named after him it was a reserve cup. Actually, uh, one of these State League Reserve Cups. And uh, I remember we had a, a fantastic cup run once in the Jimmy Armstrong Cup. The Jimmy Armstrong? Uh, yeah. And cup. Uh, so, anyway, that was a terrific uh, cup. And, uh, and, but I need to sit you down and talk to you about some of these legends of the past. People talk about Barisha these days. He was. Uh, Without all the, you know, remonstration, without all the carry on, he was a Borussia scoring for fun in those days. Was he? Yeah, he's a fantastic player. And and hello to Jimmy out there if he's listening. But anyway, um, the boys, Bentley Green boys, yeah, I, I, I tried to put myself in their shoes today. If I was, you know, being a a pub league player of uh, great repute in my yes, days yes. Uh, and thinking if I had the opportunity for the FA Cup, we uh, were in a quarterfinal, chance to go to a semi final. you would be matched up against an A-league club. Big, big day in the lead up to it. The coach would have sp- spoken to you before, you know, a couple of days before, even the night before and said, listen, you know, make sure you eat well on the day, you sleep and all that sort of stuff. I would have had my steak and eggs this morning. <laughs> You know, uh, I would have told my wife and the whole family to get away from me today because I'm playing the game over in my head over and over and over again, and uh, and get to the game three hours early to make sure that I'm you know dressed and looking good, maybe a bit of a haircut if I need one. <laughs> If you need one? Yeah, yeah, maybe a Back shave. Maybe one of those manicured shaves, you know, with the with the oh, uh, with you the know, we, trimmer. like like your beard right now yeah. looking fantastic. Yes, uh going. so I have to look good for the occasion uh, because um you know plenty of people watching a lot of A-League scouts are watching and uh trusting me I would have played the game so much through my mind that I would have been shot to pieces by the time the whistle <laughs> <laughs> But all those boys are out there and I'm hoping you're not listening to SEN because we want you to be focused. We don't want you to, any distractions at all just no, don't play the game too early in your mind. Be it's a big, big game for you. Of it's course, Adelaide
0: it, City. It's not United.
2: Adelaide it's... City knocked out West Sydney Wanderers, Uh they're, and they're, they're one game away from winning the Asian Champions League. So it's a big game, fantastic game, and you know, good luck to all the all the part-timers out there who are about to, you know, play the biggest game of their lives. Some of them.
0: It's a fantastic opportunity, and they may not be listening at the moment, Carlos. But uh, my man Daxi. Off the SMS is listing, and he wants to pick you up. He wants to, even though there's a spring in your pants. Yeah, uh, he thinks that may have affected your ability to clearly think about the oh. cup you're playing for. Oh, okay. The Jimmy Armstrong is the Harry Armstrong cup you oh, I was a Harry Armstrong. For.
2: Well, I I I named it after Jimmy.
0: Jimmy was the South Melbourne man. He right. was.
2: He was. I always thought it was actually named after Jimmy.
0: Is the Harry? Look at him, kicking okay. fast. Oh, Harry Armstrong. Oh, well,
2: thanks for clarifying that. But I look. I'm gonna I'm gonna dedicate it to Jimmy. Right. <laughs> 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 okay, it's so a Harry. I don't know who Harry Armstrong was, but I'm, I'm dedicating to it to Jimmy because uh, Jimmy was a great man and still is a great man. I believe he's uh, involved in football in some way. So. Yeah,
0: righto. Well, that's the we know it's Harry's Harry's cup, but we will dedicate it to Jimmy. Thanks for clarifying that, listeners. That's what we can do. I'm um, just try, there's some stuff on the internet. I'm trying to find out who Harry Armstrong was, but uh, you, you mentioned the FFA Cup. Um, Melbourne Victory take on Perth tonight in Perth. But Bentley Greens. I mean, we've we've spoken about this all the way through, and you were saying try not to play the game before you uh, before you have to play it, and I think that's a trap for the local player in a cup in a competition competition like this, but. Regardless of what happens tonight, these blokes will have an experience that they never thought was Mm. possible. That uh, well, there's no ex-pros playing a bit in the greens, is there?
2: Uh, no, there's some kids who played in the youth level for both Melbourne City. I think, I think two of them are actually currently in the youth squads of Melbourne City's Melbourne Victory, and one guy, Luke Pilkington, mm-hmm. who actually Pilking? won the football superstar on Foxtel oh, a number right. of years ago, and uh, he won that, and he got a contract with uh, Melbourne Victory. I was wondering what uh, happened to that player. Yeah, no, he stayed there a few years. I think he got a couple of senior games, but uh, not quite good enough at that time. Certainly not closing the door on an A-league career. You get a second chance. He's still in his early 20s, but he's at Bentley too. And, of course, coached by the great John Anastasiadis, uh, who uh, everyone in uh, Victorian football and Australian football knows about because uh, he had such a glittering career, not only in Victorian football here with Heidelberg and South Melbourne, but he spent a good 10 or 11 years over in Greece playing for uh, Pauk Salonika, I think it was. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so great man uh, and uh, really well respected. Has he got a cup? Well, I'll dedicate a cup to it, <laughs> and I'm sure if they win tonight, they'll call the FFA Cup Johnny Addis Cup.
0: Tell me what we're up against because I'm on the Bentley Green Wagon tonight. We all know um, the victory. We know what they can do. We know Perth Glory. That's not yep. much fun. Part of this, this, this Bentley Green's Adelaide City game is the fun game of the FFA Cup tonight. Tell me about Adelaide City. Now they were they were once a might and power in the um, mm. in the NSL. Was it?
2: Yeah, great. Yeah, great team. They won many championships. Uh, produced many socceroos. Uh, in fact, uh, the I think the one with the most caps, Alex Tobin, was captain for many years there. But the Vidmar brothers came through there. Um, Sergio Melter uh, Charlie Villani a lot of uh, former Socceroos came through that area played beautiful football and coached by uh, the very stern and very pragmatic Zoran Matic uh, who was uh, at one stage touted to be a Socceroo uh, contender for soccer group coach too, so yep. they were a brilliant, brilliant team for a long, long time. And uh, with when they blew up the NSL, that was one team that was uh, experienced. It was one of the casualties of that, and uh, they've gone back. And now, you know, true to their roots, they're actually you know giving opportunities to a lot of young players in uh, in Adelaide. Uh, I don't think I haven't looked at their their team list, but everyone talks about. Uh, uh, their coach, Damien Mori, who was, uh, you know, a, the a talk about guys scored for fun. He did score for fun at all levels, uh, Damien Mori, So he's their coach, but he apparently is a youth policy there. And uh, looking at the bits and pieces of what they've played so far when they knocked out West Sydney Wanderers and also Brisbane Strikers, they're actually a football playing team. They won't be parking the bus. Uh, they certainly go at teams. are young, free-spirited, and uh, I think we'll call them a pack of Precocious prongs. Oh, I do like a precocious prong. Yeah, the the young precocious types who uh, just want to display their talents, and I think that's what they're like. Whereas Bentley, I think, are a little bit more – I mean, they've had some great wins away from home. Sydney Olympic and Blacktown, I mean, they're two really well – Established teams in the state leagues there in uh, or the MPL in Sydney, and they won away from home twice. So this this Bentley Greens a, a hardened unit who uh, not, and coached really really well by John Anastasiadis. Apparently they've he's had to regenerate the team. He's lost a lot of players from last season, and they've all come in now and they're playing for each other. And when you win on the road, you know on two occasions against really, really good uh, opposition that you don't know much about because you've got to remember Sydney Olympic and uh, Blacktown are at the MPL level over there. You don't yep. know much about them. But one away from home twice, uh, part-time, that's a fantastic result. So they'll be up for this game. and uh, you know But I think it's going to be uh, a, a terrific contest, a uh, great opportunity for both teams to make a semi-final, which will be terrific.
0: It is going to be great, and we cannot wait to see how the Bentley Greens boys go. Now, you mentioned the coach, Johnny Anastasiadis, there. He was on evenings with Fining last night, uh, head of the game against Adelaide. Let's uh, have a listen to the coach and the build-up to the big game.
1: You know, a coach is only good as his players. And, you know, the boys have put up a, a magnificent effort the past, uh, especially the last two games, where we've had you know, quite a few players leave us during the course of the season due to injury or players just leaving, going to uh, you know, Green the part, I suppose, um, but uh, you know the, the the past two games, like I said before, have been very important for us because uh, we played away, we played the two finalists in Sydney, and the boys put up a magnificent effort, and uh, you know we came away with the results. And now we find uh, ourselves in this fantastic situation where we're in the quarterfinals, and hopefully we get a result where we can be in the semi-finals, and that'll be, uh, you know, be a magnificent effort from everyone.
0: Now there he is, uh, Johnny Anastasiadis from Bentley Greens, the coach. Um, he's playing the coach line beautifully there. <laughs> Not a lot of emotion there. Just very matter of fact. Yeah. This is what we're doing. This is what we're up against. This is what we'll do. Yeah. A lot of anim- animation there in the voice of Johnny. I, I'm hoping there's a bit more pre-game tonight for the uh, boys. I'm
2: telling you. I know the Anastasiadis brothers. I, I actually uh, had a had a great uh, opportunity to to uh, work almost weekly with Dean Anastasios, who was a goalkeeper a brother of John at Carlton many years ago and uh, they're both really humble humble guys mm-hmm. uh, you, they don't need to raise their voice much right. but people listen right yeah, it's a deep deep he's a good voice oh yeah yeah and uh, you just you, you, you just feel the passion but he doesn't have to speak very loudly and I think you've felt it there the, the commitment and the passion there I'm moved. It
0: was almost a spring. (laughs) We'll see what happens during the break with that spring. Uh, Your call's after the break at 949 1116. If you want to talk about the derby, you can do so, or the uh, ramifications thereof. There's plenty of other issues you want to bring up with Carlos this afternoon, or he wants to bring up with us, and we'll start that after the break. Cherry on top, indeed. Uh, Ed White, Dave Clarkson in the background, just enjoying every moment of the derby on Saturday night on SEN. A victory, 5-2 over Melbourne City. The first derby with those two teams competing. As a couple of people want to talk about that, 949, 1116. 9, Carlos, just before we get to them, your take on it. We've uh, discussed it a bit this week on halftime, it's been lovely to do so. Yep. What was your take on the the game on the? Weekend? Oh, fantastic
2: occasion. Uh, big crowd. Uh you know great first half by Melbourne City, I thought they were on top in that first half. Let it slip towards the end. There was almost a Melbourne heart type goal like they can just Ooh. before half time and I thought okay let 's see how they come back from that and they didn 't come back from it very well in the second half, victory owned that whole thing and in fact. Uh, I don't know, I'll go as far as to say I felt City didn't turn up in that second half, which is weird for a derby and the fact that they got so much to prove and to shed from the Melbourne's heart days, So Mm. um, it was a disappointing second half, but, geez, victory looked fantastic. I thought they looked better. I mean, people talk about the uh, complete performance against West Sydney Wanderers in round one. I thought that second half was – they really went an extra extra level, and I thought they were terrific in that second half.
0: Does it fill you with great pride to hear the discussion post-match from uh, probably – (laughs) mm <laughs> Non regular uh, discuss- uh, parts of the sporting community.
2: Yeah, I heard Rowan Connolly on your show on the other day. Uh, really loving the atmosphere, and, and he wrote a terrific article in the in the think uh, was it Herald Sun? I think age. it's the, the Age. Sorry, uh, and he wrote a really. Uh, He's I've, just vomited when. You yeah, said Sun. sorry, I apologise, <laughs> Rowan, but uh, uh, but the terrific article of his experience with that, and I, I really love the fact that you know people are starting to respect that aspect of it. But what I, I'm beyond the, the, the crowd and the atmosphere. We spoke about this before the show. I, mm. You know, I, I've been all, all around the world and watch football so you're going to get that atmosphere so ultimately it comes down to whether people respect the game and what I heard a lot this week from people who I have a lot of chats with and I beat them over the head with the game of football all the time but they're telling me now is not only the atmosphere is something that engages them but also the fact that the game is actually watchable and it's actually not a bad standard and well, that's the key that's, that's the only a, way it's off oh that's that's sustainability around the sport is around that and uh, and I and I'll use an example back in year 2 in version 2 when sydney played melbourne down here and they got 50,000 well no one can well they didn't, they didn't come back after that i mean we went through the times where we were getting 50s and 60, 15s and 16s but we weren't getting up to the 50, 40s and 50s for a, for a regular you know, uh, sort of weekend sort of game mm. rather than a, a final. So for me, that's the pleasing thing. And, uh, and that's where the respect comes in when they start looking at a game and say, this is watchable. And not because of the goals necessarily, but the way the game's played. And that's, uh, that's what's excited me this week.
0: I think goals help for the non-converts at this stage, mm. Carlos. Goals are good uh, for the game. It was great to see seven on the weekend. Robin Strathmore wants to talk about it. G'day, Rob.
1: G'day, boys. Um, Carlos, I really like your opinion on soccer um, because you're forthright. I just got a couple of issues with and I know it's early in the season, but with John Dan Skip. Oh, we have a, we've been very lucky to get two draws. If we hadn't had Vale who scored late, we wouldn't we probably would have lost both those games. We didn't win a pre season game. And in the season that he was when we had a good season, he pulled the pin before the end of the season and had derailed our season three years ago. He said he was leaving because of family reasons and he he took up a job uh, in Mexico as a technical coach. We still haven't won a game in Australia away since 2011, and I know John wasn't in charge the whole time, but when does the pressure start to mount on him to get results?
2: I would think, uh, Rob I, I, you know, you, I'm assuming you're a Melbourne City fan too. So, I, you know, I reckon you guys have got to demand as much as you can out of this this club. They've rebranded now. Uh, they're a club that's trying to shed that uh, Melbourne heart. Uh, you know, not only the the brand, but also you know how they performed in the in the previous in their previous guys. Um, you know, don't forget also when he came back and he took over from John Aloisi that he nearly got him into the finals against all odds last year. So you've got to give him some credit for that. Uh, But, look, I agree with you. I think uh, the biggest thing about the weekend is, and social media, it's not me saying it, but social media and what people, the punters out there are saying, is this just Melbourne Heart rebranded rather than rather than a new club with a new attitude, new culture and so forth, because that second half was poor. And John John Van Skip came out and talked about the fact they weren't mentally strong in that second half. And if you're not going to be mentally strong in a derby, when are you going to be mentally strong? So this is the thing, uh, Rob, I think everyone is under pressure there. Everyone is under pressure. We, they don't want any um, any knee-jerk reactions, though, because you want some stability. But, jeez, everyone is under pressure there. And, and I believe the owners or representatives for the owners were there in the stadium on the weekend. They and they're, and they're here this week. So if you're ever going to feel the pressure, it's this week. Have a look at them this Friday, Rob. Uh, have a look at them this Friday against Adelaide. Adelaide's a terrific team. I've really been impressed by them. And if they get a result playing good football and score a couple of nice goals against them, they'll be back and running. But, jeez... That was the most disappointing part of the game for, for me for, for that for that club was that second half. It just it was as though they didn't turn up, and that's that got people talking about them being just another Melbourne Heart because they were a bit, they had a bit of a soft underbelly too, Melbourne Heart.
0: Thank you, Rob, for your call. First on the line always gets rewarded. Two bottles of red and white wine from AR Property Investments. 18 holes of golf at the Keysbury Golf Club. $50 Barnett voucher and SCN's Inside Footy magazine as well. Coming your way down the line, we'll get your details. Phil's in good G'day, Phil.
1: Okay, um, just an observation from from last weekend's match. Do you want to see if you concur with me? Um, so I, I reckon Vea ripped it up in the, in the first half, and then they they moved him into a central position in the second half, and they started knocking long balls to him. They, I, I really think they're not using him right. I, they need to knock it into his feet, so he can so he can dribble around him and, and use his skills. He's, he's never going to take you know a, a so-called pack mark when they lock when you know when they're, they're kicking it in long. So. Yeah, they've got to use their marquee
2: player or, or you know, their main man. Yeah, um, Phil, just yep. on that point there, I know you've got another point to make, but on that point there, uh, some people are asking me about, you know, are they using Via properly? They literally had him five days before the first game. He's He started off um, on the bench in that first game. He scored. Um, and really that was something out of nothing. They, I, I wouldn't say that they particularly used him well in that game. The second game he scored again, but I wouldn't say that he was uh, part of a cohesive uh, unit of Melbourne City. And on the weekend, again, first half was good. Second half, they, it, it, the whole team lost its way. It's really difficult when you don't have them for a long time, and now that he's, only be, he's going to be here for only four games and he's leaving after Friday night's game, it takes a lot for a team of, a, a team to get used to a player of that level. And if he's not training with you week in, week out uh, for a long period of time, you know I don't blame the t- the, the, the players. I don't blame the coach. Uh, the, he hasn't been here long enough uh, for them to really understand where he's running. I watched him closely in that second half sometimes because his body language wasn't great at different times. But uh, he was making some runs, and if he didn't get it right at that split second, he just stopped. And and because he he would have received it if he was playing overseas for Barcelona. And I suppose he's got, that's what he's got to get used to, that you know, New York FC and Melbourne City aren't going to deliver the ball to him like Barcelona. So he needs a long period with them. They need to understand where, where he is. And he also has to understand their limitations too. And they just have enough, have enough, haven't had enough time to sort that out.
0: Uh, Phil, i like to call, and I'm going to give you a chance to go and see David. He's still in town, isn't he, David?
2: Yeah, until Friday. Until Friday. Is yeah. he playing this way? I
0: believe so. Yeah, righto. Well, Phil can go and see him. Phil, you can go and see him. You've got double pass to go and see uh, City take on Adelaide United this Friday night. We'll be covering that game to on scm.com.au. Tickets available at Illustrator Illustrated autobiography of Adam Gilchrist as well. The man, the cricket, of the legend. Next to a firm press. Double bar, pass to the International Darts at Etihad Stadium, January 9 or 10. And double pass to the Melbourne Aces opening game against the Brisbane Bandits November 7. Plus, how good is this price? Two beautiful Bataki Christmas hams, the number one pig in town. I saw the fridge in the kitchen this morning, chock full of batakis. You know it's Christmas just around the corner. You know it's summer when the bataki ham is in the fridge. Phil, that's coming your way. Stay on the line. We'll get your details. More calls after the break. More Carlos, too. Stick around. 22 to 2 on time on
2: a Wednesday afternoon. Carlos,
0: did you request that song? (laughs) What the hell is that?
2: just a little bit more mellow there, half. Huh? You know, we can't be jumping around partying. We were bringing because you're a, a great youngster compared vibe. to me. I know we got the same. Our voices are of people out there listening, are thinking, "God, oh, Carlos got a young voice," but very I'm young. older than you. You're very young and handsome. In voice. fact, you were you were just a junior when I was running around pub league, So, uh, <laughs> so, but you, you know, us older guys, the reflective types. <laughs> Need the mellow music sometimes.
0: Bringing my vibe down, Carlos. <laughs> you, by the
2: way, that was for the FFA. That was for the Bentley Green Boys who are still meditating about. Right. Yeah, right.
0: Okay. Right. Oh, that makes perfect <laughs> sense. Right. But they're not supposed to be listening.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Tom's
0: on the road. He wants to talk to you. G'day, Tom.
3: Uh, g'day, guys. I hope you can hear me. All right. We can. Good. Um, couple of things. I was at the Derby on Saturday night. Fantastic atmosphere. Fantastic crowd. But I'm just wondering whether it could be taken to the next level and. Uh, with streamers or confetti from the top stands just to make it more of an event, more of a spectacle, kind of like the South American ones they have over there. And the other thing is, why do the coaches and the players still sit on those bloody <laughs> plastic seats?
2: Oh. Yeah, the,
3: surely the, the, yeah. Hyundai, as sponsors, can provide leather seats like they've got in the EPL. Mm. You know, it's the little details that make a big difference. I
0: like their bags.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do uh, yeah. it does
0: uh, yeah. um interest me that as well. And I know that an Eddie had to bit unique you know, it's not the purpose built stadium and you actually having to bring the stands in to be closer to the pitch, let alone have specially built um But they uh,
2: play more football at this time spitches. of the year there than anything. That's just just, I agree with you there, Tom. Please. Is there a price to give Tom? Because My he, word he's there just, is. He's opened up a sore point for, uh, wound for me there. Um, what do you want to give him? You know what? He's, oh, okay. he's got sore wounds. He, yeah, needs, yeah, yeah. he
0: needs the Elmore Oil Pack uh, Muscle Lake Cream, which okay. you love with heat. The Arthritis Relief, you love that. And the Roll-On as well. Stay on the line, Tom.
2: Yeah, look, just on the streamers and all uh, you know, the, the flags and stuff like that, um, I know Rowan Connolly actually wrote this in his article that you know the VFL used to have that and you know and it was great it was a real good visual but you're not getting that at uh, Eddie had uh, these days uh, and I don't know why they're, whether they're thinking that's a dangerous object I don't want to get into this because I know fans from different groups will ring up and and you know start complaining about the security and all that sort of stuff. But I don't know if they think that that's where they, they hide the flares to bring them in or whether they're dangerous things themselves. But it's all like OH&S sort of stuff these they're days. they're probably banned from the AFL too. Yeah, exactly right. So you don't see many sports these days. I mean, you talk about the South Americans. I mean, you watch uh, uh, the Bombinera Stadium in, uh, in uh, uh, Boca Juniors uh, uh, Stadium there in Argentina and uh, it would be lawless. I don't think they have any police in that stadium at all. <laughs> oh, lawless? In, in, fact, in fact, I think the... the, the the, the fencing, which goes you know 30 or 40 metres up in the air all around the ground, I think that's to protect the uh, the, the, uh, the security that are just watching them right. on, you know, on the inside of the ground. So uh, yeah, I think they do anything they want in South America because of the, the, the fervour of the crowds and just the huge numbers and their traditions. You wouldn't want to implement anything like, um, you know, crowd safety there because they just wouldn't accept it. But here, I suppose it's, uh, it's the rules of the stadium. It's the rules of the FFA. It's what's happened before. I, I want to just put it all on the FFA in the stadium's hands. It's the b- crowd behaviour at different times before that's lent itself to it. So, uh, I don't know. It it may be in a few years' time uh, when everything's uh, a little bit more comfortable and people trust each other, but at the moment, obviously not.
0: If Hyundai were to get some leather-bound seats (laughs) there, F1 style, uh, like they do in the EPL, how many would they need per bench, Carlos? How many seats would they need?
2: Well, it it sounds like I've seen the the length, uh, the amount of uh, support staff and the assistant coaches. and. I reckon you'd probably need twelve to thirteen. Now obviously there's some team managers out there saying, no, Hey Carlos, you probably need fifteen or sixteen. But it seems like there's a fairly long. It's uh, a lot yeah, up. yeah, because there's usually two assistant coaches. Sometimes there's the team manager sits on there, sometimes it's the um uh, goalkeeping coaches on there too. So it's five just the in the coach. Dude. Fitness guy, uh there's usually five subs or something like that. Um yeah, so I reckon you probably need your twelve or thirteen. So, so that's
0: 26 26- – Let's make it thirty for each uh, venue. Um,
2: By the way, you don't have to you don't have to buy them every week, so you can write them off. You can depreciate them over (laughs) years, so it's okay. (laughs) So it's not the something that you have to. It's not an ongoing expense. I've never understood it. Uh, I think early on they were worried about uh, blocking the view of people behind, but these days with the Etihad Stadium and all the stadiums, they're all you know international class stadiums they're playing in. So Mm. please just, just get the proper dugouts. Done with the plastic glass, and just get that, and uh, and everyone will be happy. Well, there's no leather-bound seats in the dugout. Yeah. Know, the plastic ones,
0: yeah, they're not
2: good. Tom, I, I don't mind
0: that. Uh, I like the leather-bound seats. They're nice. John's in Mooney Ponds. G'day, John.
3: Yeah, hi guys. How are we? Good, good mate. Just, just do, uh, a couple of things. The barbecue chairs, uh, they they get rid of them for the Asian Champions League, and they have the um, they set up the plastic yep uh, cover and and seats. You know, uh, now with the derby. Carlos, do we people like that, Mister? We do actually need such marquee as David Zia still, because he's gone. It's gone pear shaped. His behaviour after the game was quite sort of disappointing. He just stomped off for a bottle on the ground. It's like you know, Del Piero put up a crap team for two years, and he faced the cameras every week.
1: Mm.
3: I just, I, I just, yeah, I just feel like, you know, people, I think. Like you said, the people that go there actually know the game. I think people are more excited with, well, they haven't seen Robbie Corrin yet. No. Uh, but people are quite excited with the attitude of uh, Damien Duff, And I think the game also changed, Carlos, sorry to uh, just say my bit. Um, games also changed when I think Eric Partler came off, which was, I think, the result of this third goal. But they just lost any, I guess, possession that I had in the midfield. And that's why Villa never really got into the game in the second half because they just were out in the midfield and obviously in the back three or
2: four. Yeah, I think it was a collective effort, uh, lack of effort in that second half that uh, led to victory just completely dominating. But uh, on the point of the marquee player, I think we've seen an evolution um, since year one of the A-League where suddenly their, their big stars were probably... Names that weren't Overly remarkable I mean they're not yeah, But they were bigger stars Than what they used to have In the old NSL And and we've turned those over And some were good Some weren't so good And then suddenly we get To the big Like st- uh, stratospheric type Marquee in Del Piero And he comes in And he was great As an individual But he certainly didn't Lead the team to win And I think What we've learnt there Is you've got to actually have A team around these people If you want to get the benefit And they've got to be here For a, a sustained amount of time With David Villa. I think, uh, you know, again, uh, they tried to give him a decent side, and I think that's what happened, but he's only here for four games. So, you know, I I do genuinely feel for John Van Skip and the Melbourne City team and the club because I don't believe that they um, uh, orchestrated him to only be here for four games. I think they all expected him to be here for 10 games. I'm only speculating there. I don't really know, But, uh, but, you know, how can you... Uh, really judge him, other than the fact that he has scored some good goals. Uh, he had some great moments in the first half on the weekend, uh, but he's only here for one more game unless he scores a hat-trick on, uh, on Friday and he leaves uh, with three points uh, for Melbourne City in the bag. I don't, I don't know whether you would deem him um, a huge success, but he certainly hasn't been really, really bad Romario style when he was here for Adelaide uh, all those years ago.
0: Thanks for your call. Uh, we'll get to a break, Carlos. Frank and Tala wants must talk Socceroos, and I want to bring that up after the break as well. We've uh, been given a number. They've told us where we rank in the scheme of things, and it's not pretty, Carlos, and you're going to cop that right between the eyes after this. <laughs> 10 to 2, Carlos Alberto Diego is with us until 2 o'clock. He'll be back uh, this evening from 11 as well with his other three Diego mates. Big uh, night of FA Cup, to- uh,
2: they'll have the game finished The FFA uh, Cup, G- FFA Cup? Yep. is that what I say no FFA. FFA oh sorry FFA Killing Cup me, Killing me you are. always drop that F <laughs> never drop the F <laughs> uh, Bentley Greens would have been done and dusted by that stage no so. they wouldn't be
0: done and dusted they would have been victorious that's what I'm saying done and dusted oh, the, right, game. the
2: game finishes. so there'll be a lot of crosses to their change rooms hopefully Uh, All the singing and dancing and so forth. And, of course, the Melbourne Victory game is on while we're on. So we'll be calling that game on (laughs) SN. Brilliant. I like it. I'm going to give you
0: a number, Carlos. Tell me what it means. 94.
2: (laughs) Yeah, apparently that's our ranking. Uh, It's our ranking, uh, Carlos. Look, I've never had faith in FIFA rankings, number one. Okay? But having said that, uh, we haven't justified being any sort of actually going up in the rankings. Uh, I know we're going up the wrong way. But uh, but really, look... uh, we just haven't played enough games that are meaningful, and it it seems like they're multi put, putting the multiplier effect on our on our losses and our draws these days. So we just seem to be going down n- not by ones and twos, but by tens and twenties.
0: Well, then I'll give you this number. If you're not if you're not happy with ninety four and its relevance to the situation, what about 11? eleven?
2: Eleven. Mm. Uh, eleven in Asia. 11 Correct. 13. Yeah.
0: So with the AFC yeah. Cup just down yeah. the road yeah. here.
2: That's a joke. That's a joke. 11th. We're, yeah.
0: and we're talking, walking away with a title, Carlos. So we that's Are we getting ahead of ourselves?
2: Yeah, no, that's a joke. We're not 11th. 11th. We're not 11th in Asia. Oh, they're, they're telling uh, me. Uh, call, the AFC yeah, yeah. are telling me 11th. <laughs> who's... who's the they're, AFC they're, are telling they're me they're faceless men, faceless, faceless mathematicians who have come up with those figures. Eleven. We're not eleven. We, we. Okay, I'll cop ninety fourth in the world, but we're not eleventh in Asia.
0: Eleven. Can you
2: can you give us the ones? Who who's from one to ten? Well, no, have you got that? Well, I haven't got that. Okay, so
0: R and D will get that for me.
2: Yeah, come on, R and D, uh, get those because uh, one to ten in Asia. I'll slaughter anyone if we're not in the top five or six. I'll go. He. Eleven. So, We're
0: not, mate. Yeah, Yuhi. no. So
2: I'd like to know what's from from six to to ten that's beating us at the <laughs> I'll, moment.
0: I'll find out. I'll get R and D onto that. They're onto that at the moment. Frank Santolvary wants to talk
2: Socceroos. Good day, Frank. Yeah. Hi, gentlemen. How are you? Good, mate. Hi, Carlos. Just two questions regarding the soccer roos. First question is: if we do win the Asian Cup, how many spots do you think will go up in uh, in FIFA ranking?
3: Because <laughs> it seems that. Every time we win, we move up one spot. Every time we lose, we drop 20. Yeah. That's the first question. Yeah. The other question is, look, the sporting rivalry between Australia and England in all sports goes back 100 years. But we played them in the cricket what feels like every month. We played them in the rugby what feels like every second month. But the last time we played England in the football was 2003. Yeah. That's over a decade ago. Now, we know that the Poms are frightened to play us in anything because we always beat them. Why
2: do you think that's the case? Oh, no, look, it's, it's purely because, firstly, the, the rugby, you, you referred to the rugby and the cricket, I think they've looked upon Australia being their equals or even better in both those sports. They've never looked at Australia being uh, anywhere near the standard of English football, even though you talk about 2003, we beat them 3-1 there, uh, there in England uh, and with some of their best players of all time in that squad. So, But they just took it as a, as a friendly thing. Sven Goran Eriksson changed his whole team at half-time, so he didn't take it really seriously. And these these days, it's, the football calendar is so crowded with different uh, international commitments and club commitments. Uh, there's all the clubs in Europe who just don't want their players to leave. So you're going to put a, a friendly out there uh, between Australia and England that's regular. They just wouldn't accept it. The only time where, and I would have loved to have seen this, where we would have drawn against them in the World Cup. Either in the group stages or in the knockout stages, that's when you'll see the whole uh, parochial stuff around that you get around rugby and, and cricket. But it, it'll be the one-off. It just won't happen in football the way the way both teams are perceived at the moment, and also the uh, the restrictions on players being uh, let go from their clubs because of the requirements of their contracts there.
0: Thank you, Frank. Down the line, you've got uh, something. I'm sure you have. The Elmore Oil Pack. That's what you've got <laughs> to reach back for that. Muscle ache cream and the arthritis relief. You'll love it. Uh, thanks for your call. Just on the uh, 6 to 10, Carlos, we're ranked 11 in Asia, yep. right? Yep. The team's in front of us. We're number one? Yep. Who do you reckon number one is? Iran. Well, correct. Yep. They rank 51 in FIFA. Yep. Japan are number two. They're yep. Who can't
2: win a game, by the way, at the moment, but they're number two. Yep.
0: Well, they're 52, so yep. they're better than us. That's yeah, why England are playing but when they, they loo- even top 50.
2: When, when they lose 4-0 against Brazil... Who? Japan, they didn't go down one or two rankings. We go 20 rankings down. Not sure that's yeah. correct. You've got some bias
0: going anyway, on here. Yep. Uzbekistan, the Uzbeks, are the might of them are three in yeah. Asia. Korea? I,
2: I don't understand that, but anyway.
0: Republic of Korea are four. Yeah. Jordan, Michael, but, is uh, five.
2: You know, with all due respect to our Jordanian mates, that's a joke.
0: United Arab, Arab Emirates are sixth.
2: Yeah, okay, they, we drew with them.
0: They're 79th at, uh, in FIFA. Yep. Iraq are seven.
2: Okay, they're nice, but they're better than some of the ones above them, yep. Oman are eight. That's a joke.
0: What, a joke? Good or bad? Yep.
2: No, as a joke, they shouldn't be above us. Yep. China are nine. That's even a bigger joke.
0: And Qatar, the World Cup hosts in 2022, yep. are 10th. We that, are the dregs of the AFC, That, that list is
2: the comedy club of, a, of a world football. It's a comedy club. Okay? It's a oh, big joke. Until we
0: can break the top 50, <laughs> England aren't coming knocking. We've got to be top 50. Yeah. We're 94. What's happened? We're only just ahead of Nepal, Carlos, <laughs> in the AFC. Gee whiz. What's happening here? Quick tips from you City and United Friday night, cracking game Has to be City. And you'll be on, on air from 10 to Yes, 10 to 12.
2: 12, the Diego's, yep. Fantastic.
0: Uh, Perth host Newcastle.
2: Uh, Perth.
0: Yeah, Perth by Street 3 0. Sydney FC host Central Coast. Sydney, Sydney FC, 5. yes. And Monday, where you'll be back on after the game as well. Yep. Ten to twelve, victory host the Phoenix in the pre-cup
2: game. Even though uh, Wellington's been plucky, victory been very, very good, and I expect them to do the do the uh, business over Ernie's team.
0: I want you to get onto the AFC and do something about <laughs> this ranking system because if we're just ahead of the poll, just not by much, then yeah. we're going backwards in a big, big way. Thank you, Carlos. Thanks, mate. See you next week.